You're listening to Radio Sega, and this is the Sega Lounge. Sit back, have a drink, and enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. I'm KC, I'm your host, and what an amazing show we have for you guys this week. I'm sorry for not having a, a new, brand new show uh, last week. We had to uh, do a, a rerun of a past interview because one of our guests you know, uh, wasn't able to, to record the interview on time for the show. But we're back this week with our special tie-in with issue number three of Megavision. So this week we have a very special guest in the form of Gwenal Gode uh, from Watermelon Games. He's here to talk about Watermelon Games itself, uh, about uh, Pier Solar, which is uh, another game they worked on, and now a new brand new Mega Drive game called Peprium. It's a cartridge-based uh, game for your Mega Drive or Genesis, so if you're interested in that Stick around and you'll also be able to listen to some music from the game's amazing soundtrack. Other than that, we also have the news. We have our own review of Puyo Puyo Tetris, uh, which, by the way, spoilers, is amazing and you should buy it right now. Stop what you're doing right now, except listening to the show, and go buy the game. It's great. And, obviously, we have a Wii Resume's Memories of Sega, this week focusing on a Mega Drive or Genesis game. So we have a great show for you guys. I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to join us on radiosega.ga slash Discord. Uh, go to our Discord server, uh, chat with the people there, or you can also tweet at Radio Sega with you know, anything you want if you're listening to us we're always happy to uh, have some some feedback from you guys and tell us what you like about our show what you don't like if you have any suggestions let us know as well we're always listening and it's always nice to get some feedback that being said it's time to start this show and get the ball rolling with Shedded's news desk take it away sweet soul brother News Hello and welcome to the Sega News Desk. These last few weeks have been filled with content ready to share with all of you direct... Um, wait. Hold up. Let me read the script again. Oh my goodness, are we... Re We're going for another news type of content. I mean, seriously, why are we talking about direct? I mean, anyway. We're going in with some announcements and some releases I didn't mention yet. There is another Yakuza title in the works. After Yakuza 6 obtained an excellence award at the Famitsu Awards 2016, the series' general director Toshiro Nagoshi confirmed during the event that there is a new entry in the works, but reiterating that the Kazuma Curious story is definitely done. This also comes with the recent news of various developments from the serial meaning a reorganization and new content coming soon. 
Sonic Time Twisted, a fan game set in the time where the Death Egg was destroyed and Robotnik has passed away, no more evil ham, has finally released after 12 years in development. It came out at the same time frame as some games we were focused on, like Dragon's Trap, and, besides taking elements from Sonic CD, what makes Time Twisted unique is its fresh art and all-new soundtrack. The game's available for free on the Overbound Game Studios website. Of all games I expected a release of, Night Trap wouldn't come to mind. Apparently, the Sega CD Classic is being remastered by Screaming Villains for its 25th anniversary on the PS4 and Xbox One. This was one of the first games that was partially responsible for the creation of the ESRP system due to its violent sexual themes at the time. The game is scheduled for release this spring, and the PS4's physical release will be handled by limited run games. After that flashy segment, get it? <laughs> because Night Trap is a full motion video and flash files are SMG. No one? Okay, we'll just get on with the updates. After seven moons have passed, we have some updates on Shenmue 3. In its latest Kickstarter update, Yu Suzuki and its development team detail their thoughts on storytelling, its themes, and how film and video games need more than one theme to keep an audience engaged. It's really in-depth, and it's now on the Shenmue 3 Kickstarter page for everyone to see. Sega has posted another Daytona USA Championship video, this time detailing Dinosaur Canyon. It's very lively, and it features a track similar to the one from Daytona USA 2001. Days earlier, Sega's Sonic social media team has also posted new Sonic Forces footage, featuring Classic Sonic and a deserted Green Hill Zone, as revealed in Nintendo Direct last month. Bayonetta has gotten a new update on Steam, but with something extra along with it. It was updated with a Vanquish avatar. If you remember our first ever poll, you obviously know my love for Vanquish. And this being the sole update for it, if it means bringing the game to PC, I'm ecstatic. As for recent releases, we got Dawn of War 3, Puyo Puyo Tetris, and Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap all doing fantastic this month. Even Dragon's Trap became the number one purchase on the Switch eShop for the first week. Finally, after me being obviously excited for another Platinum game on PC, we have extras from folks on the community and from Sega. High School Seha Girls is now available for pre-order on the Blu-ray and DVD combo. This 14-episode animation series, which features three girls who are personifications of all three main Sega consoles, will come to the West on the 30th of May, and pre-orders are now available via Amazon for US$49.99. A Persona 5 soundtrack final has been announced by I Am 8-Bit and Atlas. The massive 110-track album will come with 4 LPs, 6 with the Deluxe Edition, and it's available for pre-order now, starting at 100 US dollars on IMA Bits website. These are good folks, as they also handled the Res Ifnit soundtrack in vinyl when said game came out last October. And finally, there is a new Megavisions issue out. This one features a Sonic 06 retrospective, a preview of Endless Space 2, and an exclusive Radio Sega Spotlight. This April-May issue is now available on Amazon, Google Play, iTunes, and Pocket Mags. Even though it was a busy week, I've been shattered, and you can follow me on Twitch at DarkWind underscore, and on Twitter on at DarkWindPT. 
See you all next week. Those were the week's news with Shedded. Thank you so much for that roundup of uh, news of the past two weeks, actually, because we didn't have a new de news desk last week. So those were the news of the past two weeks with our friend Shedded. He'll be back next week with another roundup of news in what happens in the Sega world or universe. I don't know. Anyway, it's time to play some music and take a quick break. And when we come back, it's time for our review. Sort of a review, more like impressions on the game. A little chat between myself and Viper. So we'll talk about our own experiences with Puyo Puyo Tetris on the Nintendo Switch and the PS4. But before that, listen to some music from the game. This is Block by Block, Beat by Beat. You're listening to the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Stay tuned because the interview with Gunal Godet will be coming right after the review. Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Come on in and have a seat. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge right here on Radio Sega. And joining me right now for a special review, more like, you know, our impressions of on the game, but we have Viper. Hello, Viper. 
that's the most enthusiastic introduction I think anyone's ever given me. Yeah. I, I should have gone with, uh, it's amazing that we have Viper. Yeah. Uh, the sudden realization that, that it's just Viper. Uh, anyway, thanks, dude, for, for joining me for uh, this little review of ours of Puyo Puyo Tetris. So have you been playing Puyo Puyo Tetris lately? No. no I'm okay, so that's the shortest review ever. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, which version have you been playing? Um, I've been playing the PS4 version, although I've, I've been out for like, the past few days and I've uh, legally obtained a copy of the uh, 3DS version. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, so the Japanese one. Then. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, I have the Japanese Vita version. Uh, however, I it, you know so it's it, that's been out for like three years now. Um, that's when I got it. But to be honest, I've played uh, a few hours of it. But you know, since I don't really understand uh, Japanese, uh, my progress has been limited. Um, so I got the Switch version now, uh, it, 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 and I've been playing it. So what what are your thoughts? Uh, your, your initial thoughts on on Puyo Puyo Tetris? I realized that I'm a lot worse at both games than I thought I was. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's a good way to start. Uh, people playing this game will probably realize, especially if they play online, that they probably suck at both Puyo Puyo and Tetris. Yeah, so that's, that's something that people will learn when they play online. Um, ha, have you been playing more Puyo or more Tetris? Um, more Tetris, although I consider myself worse at Tetris, so that's probably just a sin in disguise. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing more Tetris as well, because I'm better at Tetris. I, I, I suck at Puyo Puyo, but, but I will learn, eventually, eventually. Yeah. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on, on the different modes of, of this game? What have you been trying these days? What have you been playing? The, the main modes I normally play in these sort of games, like the marathon modes, are like the clear as many lines as possible. Although, been messing about with, I think, Big Bang. Yeah, Big Bang's the ma mm -hmm. name of the game. That one was quite fun as well. Yeah. So, by the way, for people that don't have the game yet, so there's Adventure Mode, which is basically a story mode, and you advance through the story, you just have to complete some, some certain challenges, um, either playing Puyo or Tetris or both. Then you have solo arcade, multiplayer arcade, online, and lessons. Okay, so lessons are obviously a tutorial. Uh, if you want to learn how to play Puyo or Tetris, uh, these will be helpful. Um, and also, if you if you go to into solo arcade and multiplayer arcade, you have different modes inside of these as well. You have versus, so you can play Puyo versus Puyo, Puyo versus Tetris. Um, and that's about it. Uh, you have fusion, which is a, a, obviously a fusion between the two games, two puzzle games. So uh, it's uh, you play Puyo and Tetris at the same time. Uh, you have swap, so you can swap between uh, Puyo and Tetris. You have like a few seconds of each. You have two boards, uh, and you have to try and stay alive basically and beat the the, the opponent. Um, there's party as well, uh, with uh, which is fun and Big Bang. So you you talked about Big Bang. You've been playing Big Bang. Uh, would you like to explain, you know, uh, what, what Big Bang is for people? 
Uh, well, first of all, it's an amazing name, and second of all, um, <laughs> I'm going to read off the Wikipedia description because it's quite difficult to actually <laughs> define. So it sends you into the lucky attack mode, which means you have to um, clear like a certain amount of lines in Tetris, or you have to clear all the PO on the screen in, in player mode. You don't like get switched back and forth. You choose one, and then you just play in that mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the game actually gives you the the correct you know pieces to just clear lines or complete chains of Puyo, so clear lines in Tetris and Tetris mode, uh, do chains in, in Puyo mode, uh, and you have to be really, really quick, so you can clear uh, as much uh, pieces as possible, right? Yep. Ha- have you played this against an opponent? I played it against the computers, and actually, oh yeah, I did, I played it online a few times, and it, yeah. it's quite far online. What happened? Did you lose? I won somehow. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yes. I, I've played this uh, one, Big Bang, online twice. Uh, one of them I lost, the other one I, I won. I'm not sure why I lost one of them, because I'm pretty sure I did better than the other guy. But, Cheetah. Uh, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, but it's it's quite fun. It's quite you know hectic, and you need to really be very very quick. There's also challenge with several different uh, mini modes there: endless fever, endless puyo, tiny puyo, sprint, marathon, and ultra. That's also there as well. And you can play all of these modes um, against uh, someone else, against a computer, or against a real life person uh, in multiplayer arcade, which is. Basically the same thing as solo arcade, but uh, against you know a, a, a friend or an enemy. I don't know whichever you want to call it. So, uh, what do you think about this game, Viper? So, are you a big Puyo Puyo fan or a big Tetris fan, or were you before this game? I'd consider myself quite a big fan of both, but as I said, not very good. But I think this game will probably teach me to be better at both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you I think, think this is a good point. a good um, entry point for people not familiar with Puyo Puyo, for example? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's like too complex of a game. Like, it won't stop newcomers to it. At the same time, it's got like enough substance to it to like keep dedicated fans or fans of more challenging games coming back to it. Yeah, I agree. There's also something interesting here, which is the credits system. So each time you play a match. Uh, or advance through the story, you get uh, you earn credits for the the game's shop. Okay, so uh, don't worry, this is not a free-to-play game with you know uh, microtransactions or anything like it. But you can two pounds place Tetris, uh, two pounds place Tetrinos. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can you can buy you can actually buy things from the the in-game shop, um, like for example new skins for Puyos. Um, which which are awesome, I have to say. I, I don't want to spoil it, but one of them is is available to to buy from the start uh, for twelve hundred credits, and it's the Morolian from Space Channel Five skin. So all Puyos will be Morolians, which is amazing, and I really like this one. Uh, there are a few other Sega-related skins as well. Uh, you can also uh, buy some skins for Tetraminos. Uh, you can also buy uh, alternate voice packs for each character, you know, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, I heard some people complained about the, the original or the main voices for some of the characters. So, if you want, you can uh, play the game, earn credits, and buy new uh, voice packs. So, there's 
a lot of stuff to do here. Uh, it's it's really really addictive, as most you know, good puzzle play, uh, puzzle games are. Um, I've been playing this a lot with my wife, by the way. So if you have a friend or a wife or husband that is not a very you know big gamer, um, this is the game for you because they will love it. I have to say, my wife is is really good at Puyo Puyo, and I'm ashamed when I play with her because she she always wins when we play Puyo Puyo. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. I, I'm supposed to be a Sega fan. Such a sad story. Such a sad story. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, you know, th buy the game. Buy the game. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's available now for a PS4 and Switch. Um, you know, I I'm, I'm a bit biased, but I would suggest the Switch version because you can play it both uh, on the TV and, and in portable mode. So that's amazing. But the PS4 version is very good, right, Viper? Yes, and it's also cheaper, which is why I'd recommend that if you're like a newcomer. That's a, that's a good point. That's a very good point. So if that's if that's something that will influence your decision, buy the the PS4 because you know it's cheaper. So that's that's always a nice thing. Uh, but yeah, it, this is ama an amazing game developed by Sega, published by Sega, uh, everywhere <laughs> in the world except for Europe. For some reason, we had to have. Deep Silver publishing the game, but it's a great one. Uh, you can buy it on the PS4 and Switch. It's uh, a bit cheaper on the PS4, but it's the same game. It's an amazing game. You should get it. Puyo Puyo Tetris. Thank you, Viper, for coming on the Sega Lounge to talk about this. Uh, and happy gaming. And don't forget to play online and try to go up those rankings. Beat our high scores, please. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back with more on the Sega Lounge. Back to the Sega Lounge right here on Radio Sega, and this week we have a very special guest. It's our pleasure to introduce you to Gwenal Gode. Is it? Is that yes. how we say? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, aka Fonzie, right? Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Hello, everybody. <laughs> very good. So thank you, thank you for coming on the Sega Lounge. It's it's our pleasure to have you here. Um, so you you you're here to talk about uh, some stuff. So we're, you're here to talk about watermelon games, and okay, yeah. a new game called Paprium that people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Could, could you pronounce it? Uh, <laughs> can you say again? Is it Paprium? 
Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> good, good. Uh, so, so yeah, people have probably heard about this on social media and and stuff. So we'll we'll talk a bit about it in in a few minutes. But let's start with your own history with video games, Fonzie. So, um, you know. How did you get into the video game industry and why? What's your history with games? Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, yeah, uh, no problem. Uh, I, I, the first game system I had was a Sega Mega Drive, which is a Sega Genesis in US. And uh, it was I was like uh, nine years old or something. I mean, in my, it was not common for people around me to have game system. Maybe I don't know. And um, I I had this Mega Drive because a friend of me had this Sega Mega Drive. It was Model 2. And uh, we were playing Golden Axe 3 at this place all the time. We keep playing this game over and over again. And for Christmas, my my parents uh, offered me a Mega Drive 2 with Golden Axe 3 as well. So we were, uh, we were <laughs> quite excited about it. <laughs> but, uh, it was in uh, 94. 94. Okay. Awesome. So yeah. So you, 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 we have similar uh, experiences with the Mega Drive. I, I actually got into v video games a bit earlier, 1991, yeah. with the Mega okay. Drive actually in Sonic One. But you know, not not too too oh, far oh, behind. Yeah. So Sonic Three. Sonic Three. Oh, okay. Very good. So, okay. So you know, I, I was quite late into the system, but um, but uh, because I had the Golden Axe Three, Sonic Three, uh, Street of, but surprisingly enough, we had a Street of Rage One. Okay. The third one was not very popular, and uh, I think we didn't like it back then. I mean, we were very young, but we didn't like it. We we prefer to play Street of Rage One all the time. All, 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 all the time. <laughs> the, one is my favorite. It's still my favorite. I think people nowadays prefer two, but I still think number one, the first one, is is, is the best. Honestly, the two, the Street of Rage two, we never saw it ever. Like uh, because it was in uh, Singapore back then, and mm -hmm. uh, the only one we had was Street of Rage uh, one, and uh, later Street of Rage three. But to be honest. I remember the kangaroo back then, but it was not so much fun. <laughs> Rude the kangaroo. Okay, very good. So let me let me get this straight. So, um, you're you're, you're French, is it? Yeah, I'm from I'm, uh, I'm from uh, France. Yeah, I'm French. Okay, but you you have lived in different places all your life, apparently. Uh, I, I just had a one year um, living abroad. Uh, with uh, because of my fam my parents had some work uh, in Singapore and uh, that's where I discovered video games because uh, before we don't we didn't have TV or whatever and in in Asia um, it, it was very popular back, back then because uh, you had the Sega uh, Mega Drive too uh, you could buy the original system but uh, of course there were a lot of pirate games like you know like mm -hmm. um, bootlegs yeah. so they were a bit cheaper but uh, you could. I don't believe you could buy in Singapore the real games, but uh, I had a friend with a lot, lot, lot of games. Like, uh, it was crazy. Like, um, <laughs> <it> was <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I would to say, um, yeah, like I said before, I didn't have any TV. So even when I went back to France, I didn't have TV again. We keep the TV for the Sega Mega Drive, but uh, really it was not that much popular back then in France. Mm -hmm. I mean, you didn't have like, it's not like today where everybody has a PS3 at home. Uh, I, I'm quite sure it was not that many people at the game system at home. Yeah. I don't yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Same, same thing in Portugal. I think in most 
European countries by by that time, you know, it, it was starting to get popular, but not that much yet. Yeah. Okay. And so, was that what um, you know got you into video games? What what made you decide to become a video game uh, or to enter the video game industry in the future? Yeah, something like this, but uh, he, he came very slowly, like uh, like any Sega fan, you know. Um, I mean, back then, it's like you buy um, games, either people offer you for Christmas or you buy with uh, pocket money, but you need to wait very long time to get a game. But uh, the price soon dropped, like maybe in late uh, 90s, the price get very cheap, second-hand games, you know. Mm -hmm. So I keep buying more and more games, and uh, then I discovered the Sega Mega CD, 32X, I mean... It was very cheap, so we could get many games and discover always new things. It was very exciting times, and um, and um, I grew very very hardcore fan of Sega, but because actually you know every it's like Atari fans, like the the Sega you discover uh, maybe a few years like in 2000 something you you want to buy some 32x games, but the the game system is already dead, you know, but. Mm -hmm. uh, you still have the hopes that they will make new games, but it never happened. Like, uh, <laughs> just, I mean, I, I believe like uh, like Atari Atari fans, like uh, Jaguar or whatever, or maybe uh, Sega Sega fans. It, it, it's really hurting, you know, because uh, you discover new things all the time, and uh, those things are already gone. Like, uh, I mean, they are already outdated or they are already cancelled. Yeah. Know? So. Yeah. So that's that's how I, I became a very very hardcore Sega fan, actually. Okay, okay, that that makes sense. That makes sense. And so, when did you get into the video game industry, and how? So I I I, I, I with Pierre Solar actually there was some kind of uh, community named uh, Idolons Inn, uh, which was a, a, a message board. Uh, where a lot of Sega fans were meeting uh, and talking. It was like very basic uh, website huh, with a message board on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually there was a challenge about making a new game for uh, Mega CD or whatever. Back then it was Mega CD because people would believe we could uh, burn the CD at home. So okay. it would be more easier to, to, dis to distribute the game. Uh -huh. And uh, it was just like a joke, like uh, because nobody there is no documentation, there is no nobody knows even how the Sega CD work, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, there is there is no emulator working very well, and uh, so it was it started as a joke, and then uh, we gather a few people, and then we start saying, hey, we are going to make a Sega CD game, and uh, it was just like a, some kind of fan uh, fan game, you know, but. Um, it took like a few years to 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 build this up, and uh, then it became Persona. Uh, okay. So it was just a fun. At the beginning, it was a very fun game, you know, made by. Uh, I mean, we were just like teenagers. Uh, there is no way. It was just a dream, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but that, that's that's very interesting. I didn't know that uh, Pierre Solar had started that way, and it took so many years to to be made it was 2006 or 2004 i i don't remember uh, the initial discussions i think you can still see them on the website it's it's like 2004 some people say hey let's make a game and uh, this is uh, we keep talking about it keep talking but a lot of i mean it's like everything like uh, people talk about it but at some point somebody will do it you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome so, yeah, so 
uh, Mega CD game, but uh, soon enough we we figure out uh, the Mega CD is quite limited actually, mm-hmm. uh, memory capacity and everything. So we moved to cartridge game, and uh, it was very amateurish. Uh, I mean, the game you, if you play Pierre Solar, I mean. It's quite a okay game, but uh, it's not the best RPG ever. But um, we keep improving it, improving it, and uh, and a lot of people join. A lot of people keep uh, being more professional about it, and uh, we keep. It, bega- it became Pierre Solar, you know. So mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, and it got got quite popular, actually. Yeah. It got quite popular. I believe it's, uh, it was very popular because uh, it was one of the very, very, very first uh, homebrew game, like a real cartridge mm-hmm. game. Uh, I mean, before there was Atari games, like uh, Atari 2600, um, but it's very small games. But this was a very, very, very first, very big game. Released, you know? Yeah, it was so, like a full game. It was a real full game, right? I believe it didn't happen before. That's why people were very, very excited about mm-hmm. it. We had thousands, thousands of people. Um, I mean, it was very huge. Uh, we got the, um, we made a small website, and uh, I got a phone call from the host the, that they would. Um, I had to pay to pay the bandwidth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like uh, we like, like like we had like one million visitors uh, in 24. <laughs> it was huge. Amazing, amazing. Okay, and so something interesting about what you do. So uh, you know, you know, moving on to watermelon games. So how did watermelon games start? By the way. Yeah, so it started, uh, we had, um, I mean, while making Pierre Solar, uh, at some point, uh, I mean, some people start to work full time on it, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to copyright everything, and uh, it, it started to be very clear that we needed to have a company behind, because you can copyright, I mean, I, I did copyright in France, part of the game, mm-hmm. but it's just some kind of bullshit, you know, uh, it's like you, you have to... It's not real copyright. Uh, so then we saw uh, the best option is probably uh, USA because at some point uh, one of the guy behind, which was uh, becoming my partner then, mm-hmm. uh, live in USA and uh, we just set up a company named Watermelon in USA and uh, we could copyright the game and, uh, and do, and, I mean, make it uh, legit, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. So if you have no company as an individual, um, it's very risky business because... Uh, <laughs> exactly, because, uh, exactly. People well, can steal your work and that's not good. Yes, it could be like this. And even, um, uh, you know, for the music, for everything, there's a copyright laws. Mm-hmm. You cannot do... You, You cannot do random things. Uh, I mean, uh, artists, they need to have a contract or things like this. Exactly, exactly. Okay, very good. So, one, as I was saying, one of the, the great things that you do at Watermelon Games is that you not only, uh, you know, you're, you're not just developers, but you also publish some games by other people, right? Uh, yes, but this came much later. Uh, mm-hmm. So we released Pierre Solar, and then uh, we thought because uh, but to release Pierre Solar, we have to. Prod- I mean, nobody do cartridge game anymore. Yeah. It never happened before. So it was just some sp- before some people did, but it was just some spare parts they reuse or something. But for mm-hmm. Pierre Solar, we had to uh, make the whole manufacturing chain. Uh, uh-huh. We had So we made our own molds, and it's very, very expensive injection molding for the cartridge, for the box, for everything. It's very, very expensive to make. So then we decide, 
oh why not uh, we could help uh, some other people to release a game but um, unfortunately it didn't go so well because uh, nobody do new games actually uh, it's very usually the projects are cancelled or Mm-hmm. So far, we only help two people to release a game. It's, <laughs> it's quite it's quite sad because uh, <laughs> we had to release like um, maybe ten games a year, but we had we had ten projects, but uh, most of them they never released. So and often it's much more smaller games. So mm-hmm. people believe, um, yeah, I could get PSLA for thirty five dollar. Uh, what shit is this game? Like it's a very small game, but the truth <laughs> is. Uh, the truth is, uh, PSLA is a huge game. Like uh, you cannot get this every every month. It's impossible. Like uh, it's like a, it's it's like a bargain, you know. Uh, but mm. uh, that's why many people were pissed that we release smaller games. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> too, but I, I believe they are okay. Uh, it's a very good effort by uh, one people. I mean, one individual want to make a Sega Genesis game, and uh, he made it. Mm-hmm. With beta testing it, it's a good game. We make the packaging, we sell it for very cheap, and um, I think it's a good success for the guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, fans they believe that we should release every month a Sonic 3 or like uh, <laughs> like uh, there's no way. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's not a charity; it's a business, so you need to make yeah. money. Yeah. Yes, yes, but uh, so so yes, uh, not many. We wanted to have more much to help more people to release their games, but mm-hmm. uh, in the end, uh, we only got two people. So like his name is Papi Commando, mm-hmm. and uh, Papi Commando is like a top view uh, shooting games, and uh, the other one is a uh, name uh, Sacred Line. Uh, it's sold out, so there's no way to get it anymore. It's okay. a text adventure, but again, it's very small games. But uh, it's made by one guy, so mm-hmm. considering that it's, it's, it's a good a, effort. Yeah, it's a good effort. Yeah, yeah. it's not it's, it's not a joke. It's a really good effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's something interesting that you do. You know, not only you know you could just release the ROM for people to get it online or something and play it on an emulator, but you actually produce the cartridges and uh, you know boxes and box art, and so it's yes. you get a full package with your games, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I believe it's a part of the, it's a 50% of the experience uh, to get, uh, I mean, we all wish that Sega make more games for our game system, so it, it makes actually no sense to distribute the ROM, or, because uh, then why? I should make an iPhone game. Why <laughs> yeah. should I make a ROM game? So they need to have the, uh, I mean, people need to have the full experience. Uh, they don't know anything uh, until they get the game in their hand and they open it, then they play it. Uh, it's um, it's a it's a way I want it to be like uh, it should be like this because uh, you know you can make a long play on YouTube and people will watch the video and say oh yeah the game is this the game is that but the truth is that um, it's not about playing it's not the, they won't play the game they will just watch a long play on YouTube. Uh, if you're a really hardcore fan the best thing you can get is uh, to get the real games like yeah. uh, like on Christmas when you were a kid or something it's a real game like uh, and you never saw it before and, uh, all the things uh, people are very excited and, uh, and um, they are very angry that we are very um, secretive about everything we don't release much pictures we don't do I mean we are very secretive mm-hmm. and they are very angry about it but the truth is that when they receive the game uh, they are very happy about it because uh, otherwise it will be uh, spoiled. You don't even yeah. have to, you know. It's like uh, mm-hmm. 
you don't even have to play it. Yeah, so so you, you just want people to have like the the the, the old hardcore experience that you got in yes. the 90s, right? So you didn't have uh, internet, so you didn't have many screenshots apart from some from magazines or something. Yeah, it's only you you saw only a few pictures in magazines or even uh, you just saw the uh, game cover in the in the shop. And uh, you just—it's just your dream to get this game. And uh, when you get it, it's like uh, even it could be the game is the shittiest ever, but uh, you're still very happy to get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to get a new physical game is is actually, uh, you know, it's it's amazing. It's still amazing. Oh, but these right. days, these days it's not as good because you don't have you know the manuals and and the maps and things like that. But it's still great to have physical copies of games. I think yeah, we, we try we try our best to uh, to give this feeling uh, we make even uh, some fake flyers and, uh, so when you open the game you believe like there is more games coming or <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome awesome okay yeah. very good very good what is uh, what what is this uh, i want to buy no no it's just uh, get the boot you know <laughs> So yeah, um, that that's 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 bad. That's bad. You know, people people yeah. get their hopes up and then they they get disappointed. Yeah. Oh, oh. That's fine. <laughs> okay, but that that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Okay, so Fonzie, um, let's go back a bit to to Pure Solar. Um, yes. Many people have played this game. I'm sure many of our listeners have played the game. Uh, one of their one of the many versions of the game, right? So. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the game was released on the Mega Drive. Um, yes. Then, then there's the Steam version for PC, the HD version, I think. Yes. Is it Dreamcast yeah. as well? Yes. Yes. The Ouya. Uh, uh, every, every single. Uh, I mean, yeah, Ouya, PS4, uh, I think Xbox as well. I'm not uh-huh. sure, but uh, also uh, iOS. I mean, um, not iOS. Um, Apple Store. Okay. Uh, for computers, um, I mean, many, many, many kind of system I don't remember mm-hmm. about. Okay. Many uh, don't exist anymore since. So. Uh, yeah. So, so people so. really don't have any excuse to to not have played the game yet. Yeah. Right. But again, I want to be to be to to outside to uh, the Pierre Solar, The original version is a Mega Drive game. Mm-hmm. So um, then we have a Kickstarter campaign, and uh, because people keep asking uh, about for Pierre Solar on modern platform because they don't have the Mega Drive. Okay. So we made a campaign, and then um, um, we ported the game on uh, various modern game systems, uh, including Steam and everything, and uh, Dreamcast. And um, uh, this is a HD version of the game, so it's 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 um, it's a mix of uh, pixel art and HD graphics. And uh, the game got uh, a bit tweaked to be a little bit easier and, uh, and um, some modification here and there. But mm-hmm. I, I, was, I didn't manage this project uh, uh, until the end. So, um, but I did manufacture the game. I did uh, ensure uh, the manufacturing of the Dreamcast game was good. So. Okay. Um, so this game actually, um, I see. I believe PSLR still need to be played in the original Mega Drive version uh, because uh, I believe uh, it's a it's a it's a good Mega Drive game. But uh, the problem is that when you play the game on Steam or whatever, um, sometimes depending on uh, your computer, if you play on Windows 10 or something, sometimes it's 
I mean, it's not the, it's not the perfect experience. Some because we get some, uh, for example, on the PS4, some update of firmware update. Sometimes the game. I mean, I I, I, I wouldn't recommend to play, to play PS4 on an HD platform because uh, because uh, because it's, uh, it's not yeah. the, the original experience. That's yeah, what you're saying, a, right? So there's only one version that is quite good, the Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's PS4 HD on Dreamcast, and uh, this one makes more sense because um, it's a, it's a Dreamcast game. So first, and uh, then uh, we still use a VMU. I, I don't I don't know if people know. Uh, it's a safe, um, safe cartridge on the controller, so we have mini games on it. Uh, I mean, it, it sounds more like a Dreamcast game, you know. It, yeah, it makes makes use of of the VMU and and the Dreamcast features, so yeah. you know, it's it's yeah, more it's like a, an authentic experience. I mean, yeah, I'm not so sure. I, I mean, to me, the original experience is the Mega Drive one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it could be the Dreamcast well, the Dreamcast one as well. So yeah, but. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Makes okay. sense. Makes sense. So people, yeah. go get the, the 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 Mega Drive or Dreamcast versions. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, just because because actually my my uh, personal motivation is to make the best game for said uh, system. So mm-hmm. um, of course we, we can say that maybe PS3 is one of the maybe one uh, one of the very big game for Sega Mega Drive, but mm-hmm. uh, when you compare to a um, PS4 game, um, it's not the best PS4 game. You know? So it's still uh, it's difficult. So mm-hmm. so I, I prefer to to aim for the best game on said system. Okay, so makes sense. Makes sense. So before we we take a quick break, let's we're, we're just gonna play some some paprium music by the way that you provided us but before that let me just ask you a question uh so why do you think the homebrew scene and the indie scene is so big right now and so in the in the last few years uh i think we've seen a a, you know a a peak in in people's interest in homebrew games for older consoles in indie games that uh you know uh, emulate the same style of 8-bit yes. or 16-bit games. Why do you think that that's happening? I think it happens because uh, we had um, uh, it, it all come from the mobile phone uh, industry that they they uh, uh, they open the gate for anybody to make their own games. So um, in the end, it became um, much more open for people to make their own games uh, for any side of system. And uh, of course, uh, the industry before uh, they keep pushing for 3D for anything hardcore. But uh, there was a trend: uh, people in their art, or when they want to make their own games, uh, they like to go back to what they like before, or something like this. So, so that's why we keep seeing more and more retro, retro-style games. Uh, I believe because uh, it's something you can uh, make more easily. I mean, you, you can create something by yourself and uh, while a 3D game is impossible so so I believe that first for the style uh, of the retro games that's one of the reasons and the other reason is that um, we keep seeing more and more unbrew games because um, because uh, yeah the, it's uh, much more open now to make your own games uh, so mm-hmm. that's the thing yeah it's, I, I believe it's something like this okay. because uh, if we waited for the industry to start making I mean if they keep Doing it the same way as a PS2, um, like in this era, they wouldn't give a shit. But I mean, 
those kind of games. Like uh, they would keep continuing doing uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. They would keep doing a Gran Turismo, uh, all those kind of uh, very advanced games on 3D games. But the thing is that I, I believe from the time uh, Apple uh, created a mobile phone uh, game industry, then uh, they start seeing, oh, there's a big opportunity to have uh, some more smaller studios making more games for us. And f- then you can fill our shop uh, with many, many smaller games, cheaper games. And then people, uh, I'd say, I think the industry shifted uh, somehow to to cheaper games. and uh, I mean, cheaper in the sense of price. But yeah, um, yeah something like that. Uh, it, it came very quickly because at the beginning, we didn't believe uh, this could happen. Like, uh, we were all like, oh, oh. No, for and, sure, uh, yeah. It, it did happen. This thing did happen, and now uh, it's even uh, crazier. Is that now the retro game itself is a trend? So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you it could be like the big industrial, the big uh, big industry guys. They could decide in a meeting to say, "Oh, let's make money. Let's make a retro game." So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it, it, completely, it completely shifted because, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Okay, so th- those are some good points. Thank you for your answers, uh, Fonzi. So I think it's time to take a quick music break. We'll we'll just yeah. listen to some Peprium, uh, Peprium, <laughs> Peprium music, uh, yes. and um, and when we come back, we have we'll talk about that game, that particular game, what it is, okay. what it's about, how people can get it, and we have a surprise yeah. for you as well. Okay, Fonzi. Okay. So I hope you're ready because we have a surprise for you. Uh, So enjoy some music. This is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. We'll be right, right back. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music, 
back to the Sega Lounge. I hope you enjoyed those those tracks uh, from Peprium, you know, kindly, kindly um, given to us by by Fonzie. Fonzie, welcome back to the show. Hello, welcome hello, back. welcome back. Yeah, great music, great music. Um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. But before that, it's it's a, a tradition we have here on the Sega Lounge, Fonzie, that okay. we we haven't spoken to you about, but. Um, there, there's a surprise we have for our guests each week, and that surprise is something we call the Sega Lounge Challenge. Okay. Okay. And so <laughs> he's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. What is the Sega Lounge Challenge? So it can be anything we want, uh, okay. but it's it's kind of a test to see if you're, you know, truly worthy of being on the Sega Lounge. And okay. truly okay. worthy as a Sega fan. <laughs> okay, very worried now. So, uh... <laughs> okay. Now you know our guests. They're amazing. They're stars. But are they ready for the Sega Lounge Challenge? It can be a quiz in reverse music. It can be anything we want. Welcome, Welcome to your duel. I mean. Welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. So, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge, Fonzie. The Sega Lounge Challenge this week, uh, it can be anything we want. It can be in reverse music, it can be questions, okay? And this week, we, it's it's a bit, it's, it's kind of questions, okay? So, um, we have, we have, this is a game we call Sega Jeopardy. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jeopardy. Which is a TV uh, game show. Okay. It's picking something up. Yeah. So we, I give you the answers, and you need to ask me the question. Okay. So it's it's a uh, bit different from traditional game shows, and so I have several categories here, and you have to pick from these categories, and I'll okay. tell you an answer, and you need to, you know, ask me the question, for that answer. Okay. So let's start with a few categories. So we have Sega consoles. Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog, yeah. Sega characters, and Sega arcade games. Which one would you like to go to start with? I think Sega consoles will be easy. Okay, let's see. Uh, so let's see. Oh, the... it's something about the dates or something? Uh-huh. <laughs> so the, the, the answer is, this handheld system released in North America in 1995 allowed players to use Genesis Basic. games Basic. no matter well, uh, <laughs> should I, I don't know, I should ask you the question right yeah you can ask me the question so uh, when was um, Sega Nomad released okay so the, the question was what is the Nomad so but exactly very good very good okay oh. that's it yeah. that's it very good job very good job okay so we have one one correct answer. So now, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sega characters, or Sega arcade games? Um, Sonic, yeah. Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay, so. Introduced in the Nintendo DS game Sonic Rush, this cat is also a princess. Ah, uh, no, come on. <laughs> You cannot uh, put this into the DS game, I am. Uh, <laughs> I need to. I need to. Um, 
Yeah, I, I see the picture of the thing, but I, I don't know. I don't know the name. <laughs> okay, so the correct answer would be, or the question would be, um, who is Blaze the Cat? Who is Blaze the Cat? Uh, okay. No, no. Um. <laughs> okay, no worries, no worries. We ha we have more. So let's see. Now we have Sega characters, Sega arcade games, and Mega Drive games. Oh, Mega Drive games, yes. yes. Mega Drive games, okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's see, let's see. In this 1995 game, you play as Sketch Turner, who is trapped inside his own comic oh, yes, book. Well, what, uh, what, uh, what is about this game named uh, Comic Zone? <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Is that your final answer? Com comic Zone, yeah, yeah, the sketchbook. Yeah, yeah, of course, 95. And it's correct! Right. It's correct! Oh, Very okay. good! Too easy, too easy. <laughs> I like to, you know, keep the suspense going. Yeah, I'll be very afraid for a minute, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, comic Zone, great game, great game. Okay, so. Um, so chocolate. We have Sega characters, Sega arcade games. Yeah, I want to try the arcade games. Arcade because, games. Uh, I think it's a bit tricky because there's a lot of them. Okay, let's see. Um, this classic driving game is yeah. praised for its gameplay, graphics, and upbeat songs like Magical Sound Shower. Easy, very easy. Uh, what's the name? What's the name of the music of uh, Outrun? Okay, so what is Outrun? Very good. Very good. <laughs> okay, I good job. Things, but the Nintendo DS is very heavy. You know, to yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was very heavy. It was very tricky. Okay, okay. Let's see. Let's see if we have more tricky questions. So now let's see. So now we have Dreamcast games, Master yeah. System games, and Sega Music. Maybe Sega Music, yeah. Okay, so maybe this will be easy. Let's see. Born in 1967 in Japan, this well-known video game composer. Worked yeah. on games like The Revenge of Shinobi. Yeah, crazy, crazy. What? Uh, yeah, you can continue on by now. <laughs> can I continue? Okay, so The Revenge of Shinobi, Shenmue, and the 8 bit yeah. versions of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, maybe that's tricky. Uh, the Revenge of Shinobi, the composer, you mean? Yeah, the composer. But this guy didn't work on Street of Rage, right? I don't know. Did you Zo Koshiro walk on Street of Rage? Okay, so you say. So the question is. Did you Zo Koshiro what the games? Yeah, or uh, or. Is about? Or, who is Yuzo Koshiro? Very good, yeah, Yuzo Koshiro. Okay, good job. Yes, and he worked. He worked on Streets of Rage as well. Very good. Yes, yes. Okay, so you have four correct answers and one wrong one. So we need yes. five. We need five, okay? Let's see uh -huh. if we can get the fifth one. Let's see. Okay. So let me see. Dreamcast games. Yes. Mega Drive games again if you want. Yeah. And 
post Dreamcast games, so games released by Sega, mm-hmm. not for the Dreamcast after the Dreamcast died. I, I, I think I have to, to to take the Dreamcast game for the challenge, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, it's quite tricky because there, there are a lot of them. I, I, I had the Dreamcast, but not many games. Okay, so. let's see, let's see, Fonzo, let's see if you if you get this one right. So, in this Dreamcast classic, a young man sees his father being brutally murdered and seeks oh, yeah. out revenge. Very, very, very easy. <laughs> what did happen to the... What's the name where... Uh, the name... What? What's the storyline of Shenmue? So, you say Shenmue. Yeah, maybe... Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, it's too, too clear. Too, too easy. Okay, and it's, it's correct! It. And it's correct! Uh, very good! <laughs> good job! So, uh, people are still waiting for Shenmue 3, right? Uh, actually, it's it got released or something, but not in the form we want, right? It's, it's going to be released this year, later this year, on the PS4 yeah. and PC. Okay, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think big pressure, uh, big pressure on people, because uh, I, I think it would be very difficult to live up to the... To the hype. <laughs> to the hype, yeah, yeah. Let's see what happens. But we, we, I trust, I, I trust you, Suzuki. This is one of my all-time favorite games. Yep. One of yeah, my I, all-time I believe, favorites. I believe uh, he has his own studio now, so I believe he, I mean, I believe he has the right to say uh, we can delay the game because it's not good. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I'm not sure if we'll get the game by the end of this year, but... Uh, you know, I don't mind as long as it's good. I don't mind waiting for it. Yeah. So let's see what okay. happens. And maybe, maybe Sega. There are some rumors that Sega will be releasing the HD remastered versions of the original two games. Who okay. knows? Who knows? We'll see. We'll yeah. See. Okay. So very good job. Very good job, Fonzie. You 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 got through Sorry. the Sega Lounge challenge. So you get our official Sega Lounge seal of approval. Okay, very yeah. good. So, let's talk yeah. about Paprium now. Let's talk about Paprium. So, yes. what is Paprium? Oh, yeah. So, it's a bit the more game for Sega Mega Drive, Sega Genesis. And um, it's like um, a bit the more game like a Street of Rage um, Final Fight. You know, this kind of game you you are two, two co-op player and you walk in the street and slash, slam. Do you punch some punks coming at you? And uh, things like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like a, it's not like a, a, a Street Fighter. It's more like a Final Fight or Streets of Rage. Yeah. You know, yeah. Streets of Rage. I think people will will understand the so, reference. So, yeah. just to make it clear, because uh, in France we use the term "beat them all" or "beat them up." Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's confusing. But uh, actually, it's a game like this, and uh, we it's like a post-apocalyptic. Set setting like uh, mm-hmm. in the future, like the um, there was there was a nuclear war and everything, and uh, so everybody, the survivors, they gather to a place in Asia somewhere, and this place is the only last city in the world, and uh, all the survivors they gather there, and this place name is the Paprium, that's the name of the city, mm-hmm. so the thing and um, we got three three main characters and uh, you, like. You pick them and uh, then you can play. You go in the city and just, just like uh, beat the hell out of uh, the punks coming at you or something like this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. So okay. It's gonna get, so it's uh, really, it's really. Um, we want it to be 
a huge game. Like the like you know everybody waiting for Street of Rage Four. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get it. But this game is the one that could be like it's. Um, is we really try to to make it like a very 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 good beat them up. Mm-hmm. So that's it. So what you're saying is, if you're a Streets of Rage fan and you're craving for a new game, just yeah. buy Paprium and play it on your Mega Drive. Yes, of course. Uh, we do everything we can. So the game, uh, you cannot get any better experience uh, than on the real system. Like um, Everything is super smooth, very, very fast. A lot of enemies on screen. It's like an arcade game. Like It's... It's huge, like um, and um, and uh, music, everything, everything is a it's is a final Mega Drive game, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's the biggest one. Uh, there is no question about it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and um, we really want to like you sit down and you play it, and uh, then okay, I'm done. But if you got any doubt about it, just play back uh, Street of Rage or Final Fight, and then you say, oh, okay. Uh, because you you have good memories of the old games, but mm-hmm. I'm sure we want this game to kick ass, you know. So <laughs> that's try always good. <laughs> yeah. We try best. Okay. So how many people uh, are involved in developing this game? Yeah. So um, it, it's like a personal. So uh, like I said before, personal was made by fans. So mm-hmm. uh, this time we try to make it. Um, I mean, more professional, like uh, in the sense that uh, everybody. Is not amateur anymore, so we work on it with professional people, and uh, and um, the game has been developed like for five years, but uh, for four years or, or something. But many people come, many people go. Uh, a lot of people work maybe for one month or something. In the end, we have uh, 20 people who work on this game um, quite actively, like uh, as freelancers or contractors, mm-hmm. and. Um, in the end, with all the volunteers, with everybody, the testers, the translators, will be maybe 100 people. So, yeah, okay. it's it's quite huge because we need a lot of testers, uh, of course, uh, to beta test the game and uh, make mm-hmm. sure there's no bug. So those numbers goes high, very high. You know, we need a lot of testers to make sure it's the best game. You know, so okay, okay. that's the thing. But, uh, but uh, the court, like any game, you know, the, there is only few people. Who seen the game from the beginning to the end uh, is uh, myself. I work full time on this game for like uh, the whole time, uh, full time. And uh, there is also the character designer. He, he didn't work full time, but uh, he stay um, he stay monitoring. I mean, we we work together for the whole period as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the music. So. Um, yeah. One thing people will probably, in, in Radio Sega listeners will probably, you know, love yeah. about Paprium is that the music is being made by Groovemaster 303, right? Of course, of course. Of course. And so, uh, also, uh, also Jared, uh, uh, G, um, I don't know his nickname, how to spell it, G-Red. Okay, okay, yeah. J-Red, I think, yeah. Okay, so people probably know Groovemaster 303 from uh, the music for Streets of Rage remake, which is very popular on Radio Sega. And so, you know, he's he's got that uh, under his belt, and now he's working on Paprium. So, um, yeah. obviously, we, we've been playing some music throughout the show from, from the game. So, what okay. can people expect from this soundtrack? Is it similar yeah. to Streets of Rage music? Is it a bit different? 
Yeah, yeah, of course. It's, it's, it's. Uh, I mean, the game is not Street of Rage 4. It's a, it's a whole new game. We, I just give this to compare for people to have an idea of how the kind of game. But it's a whole new game. So the music was composed um, th- three years ago. Like uh, they took like two years to compose the music mm-hmm. to people. There is like uh, we we got over 60 tracks, 60 tracks of music. Uh, it's absolutely huge. So there are more tracks than levels. So we we <laughs> arrange everything in a clever way, so everything can be played. And um, and so that's the first point. Uh, the second point is that uh, of course um, um, the music is not like sounding too much like Street of Rage. We we still got the vibe, which is more like a lounge music vibe, like a, it's not hardcore techno, you know. Mm-hmm, so. Uh, mm-hmm. So we still have this vibe, which is, I, I believe it's very well matching those kind of games because you cannot get a brain damage. You need to ch- chill chill out and uh, punch the guy. So that's perfect. And, uh, and um, it's a mix, I mean, of various things. And there is something new in, uh, in uh, Paprium is that um, not only... We we use a full Mega Drive capacity capability, so we have a frequency modulation FM. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mega Drive chip. We also use PSG, which is uh, also the Mega Drive uh, audio chip. Mm-hmm. And we also have inside we made our own chipset. Uh, look, so the the game cartridge inside has a, a audio chip. Oh, uh, awesome. So, um, we can um, we made a tracker to compute the music and this tracker uh, to compute the music also have access to extra channel of audio and those those guys those channels is very very high quality uh, samples mm-hmm. so it's like games or it's like a modern modern compositing uh, so you can pick any sample any instrument you want like a, uh, I don't know like a piano I don't know and uh, then you can play it in full high quality in real time like it's mixed in real time with the Sega Mega Drive uh, audio so in the end there is no limitation I mean the only limitation is the creativity of Groovemaster and Jirat there is no I mean if the music sucks now uh, it's their fault it's their fault our game system the audio power is now unlimited like uh, so that's, oh, the thing. that's awesome that's amazing that the, thing? So the, 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 the music composition I, I they keep using the mega drive for the best sound quality like uh, the FM mm-hmm. is very good for piano for um, some uh, bass things so, yeah bass but, yeah yeah but for the guitar electric guitar or percussion we use the uh, cartridge so okay. we the power of both to have the clearest sound possible it's very high quality and also everybody complained about the mega drive uh, that the sound of the sfx you know punch mm-hmm. or voices are very bad uh, because they, they are i mean i'm not going to discuss about it the, now the, the compression of the, the voice right that uh, it's very difficult to program a quality mm-hmm. sound on mega drive but now um, for paprium uh, everything has been recorded in a studio for the game all mm-hmm. the punch all the all the screams, everything is re- recorded professionally, and uh, the playback quality is so so high quality. Like, uh, I mean, it's like even better than uh, probably many many modern games, you know. So uh, you, we can have all the punch in stereo. Uh, so when a guy punch on the left of the screen, you can hear more on the left. Uh, it's very very crisp, very very uh, very very intense. So that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. 
we, we honestly you could do maybe the same with a mega CD maybe but um, but um, like uh, putting music on CD and using the mega CD uh, audio ship to have the SFX but uh, here it's a cartridge game so we really want there is nothing we really want to make the best game so but uh, I just want to make it clear there is nothing that Sega couldn't do back then I mean they, yeah. they leave us they leave us a way to do that so they could do it I believe they wanted to do it but uh, they didn't have the money or resources to mm-hmm. so it could, be, it could have been back then different times different times right have been back then some games doing exactly what we are doing so that's what i want to say mm-hmm. so. so you're just using the the same tools that they could use could have used back in the day yeah, yeah. The, the same tricks uh it's just that we pushed uh, much much further you know okay very good now you know let's get to the chase get to the chase and, and talk about where and how people can buy this game so yes. where can they go to buy this game when will it be released Yes, so uh, the game is uh, available now on a pre-order on a Magical Game Factory or mm-hmm. paprium.com. Maybe you will give the link, I'm not sure. Yep. Uh, so you can pre-order the game now. So there are two editions, uh, limited edition. So the limited edition, you can pick whatever packaging you want, like uh, USA or Europe or Japanese. Mm-hmm. And this is very uh, collectible edition. We limited quantities, you know, we won't produce it again ever. So it's like a deluxe version. And then we got the um, um, classic edition, which is in a black plastic box, uh, okay. like the games. Mm-hmm. And this one is only one version, like for, it's like black grid, you know, black grid design, like the original Sega Genesis or Mega Drive games have yeah. a black grid uh, style. So it fits your collection as well, but um, it's, not, uh, it's not limited. So, uh, so that's the thing. So people have choice, and the game is going to be released in uh, September 16 uh, normally. So, so um, you can pre-order pre- it now. You can pay mm-hmm. with PayPal, and we will uh, collect your shipping address and ship to you in September. So, okay. y- you can feel free to wait, uh, but uh, nobody knows uh, if the limited edition will uh, sold out. We don't know yet. So, yeah, it can sell out. So it can be. <laughs> sold out by then and so don't take any yeah. risks and just yeah. Yeah. I, I just want just to, buy to now. make to make it clear uh, anybody who can pre-order now if they want um, we if, if anybody wants to cancel the order as the money back is no problem at all like, mm-hmm. we the refund people uh, that change their mind or anything uh, we are very very flexible on this so so people can do whatever they want we okay. don't uh, we don't uh, <laughs> we don't, when it's too late it's too late <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so magicalgamefactory.com right that's the link yeah, no, you can go to paprium paprium.com oh okay paprium.com okay paprium.com or magicalgamefactory.com which is watermelon's official um, store, yeah, so, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, very yeah. good. So we'll we'll share the links uh, during the show, and if you're listening to the podcast version of the show, we'll share the links in the podcast notes in the podcast description. So you know, just check it out, read about it, read some more about it, and uh, you know maybe you'll you're interested in you should get it for your Mega Drive or your Genesis. So Fonzi, um, it's been great to chat to you. Uh, amazing yeah, yeah. stuff that we learned today about Paprium and Watermelon Games and the great work that you've been doing. Uh, what's next for Watermelon Games? Do you have any projects you've been working on? Anything that you can hint at? 
Yes, of course. Um, so um, uh, along with the game, people saw we are uh, we release also arcade controller, arcade stick, mm -hmm. and we got a couple a couple of more surprises uh, in the next few not days but maybe next few weeks. Uh, we got few things for your Sega Genesis Mega Drive. So I cannot tell too much now, but uh, there is. A lot more surprise until September. Yeah. So okay. we're hoping very hard. On it. So yeah. now, I'm, now I'm curious. Now I'm curious. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> so just stay tuned, right? Stay tuned and check out the news yeah. in the coming weeks. Okay, Perfect. very good. So Fonzie, it's been it's been a real pleasure to to have you on on um, the Sega Lounge. All the best mm -hmm. for Paprium, yep. and maybe you can come back. Uh, you know, after the game releases in September, and okay, we sure. can talk a bit more about uh, not only the game but the music, and maybe we can talk about these surprises that you're hinting at. Okay, okay, so and I'm sure people will will enjoy it. So uh, don't forget, people, you can go to paprium.com to order to pre-order the game. Uh, how can people um, follow Watermelon Games on on social media? Uh, you can uh, go on a Facebook page uh, and uh, also you can also register to the Magical Game Factory. You you can uh, register an account and uh, we send some news that uh, time to time. Not often, but time to time. Yeah. So <laughs> either, either for your Facebook page, your, our Facebook page, uh, or either register to Magical Game Factory. I think it's the best way. Okay. Okay. So yeah. uh, facebook.com slash watermelon games. If I'm not mistaken, so, yeah. Twitter.com/slash/watermelongames uh, and MagicalGameFactory.com. That's where you guys yes. can get all the latest news about Paprium and uh, the most recent projects from uh, Watermelon Games. Okay, so Fonzi, once again, thank you so much for coming on the Sega Lounge. Yes, thank you. All the best for Paprium and all your future projects. Oh, thanks. And we'll see you next time. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Bye bye. Perfect. See you Thanks next time. So and as for you Thank guys you. listening in, don't don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more. We'll have a um, winner's use memories of Sega right now as well, and some more Paprium music. This is Radio Sega's The Sega Lounge.
like a different guest, Sega music, news, and whatever else we can think of. The Sega Lounge, only on Radio Sega. From the 90s to the present, take a trip back in time with A Winner Was You as he looks back at the Sega games that defined his life. Memories of Sega. This week's game of choice is Mercs, a shoot-em-up released for the Mega Drive in 1991. This is a port of a Capcom arcade game, which was itself a sequel to their classic shooter Commando. Sega themselves handled the Mega Drive version, and while it lacks even a two-player mode, much less a three-player mode with the arcade original, it more than makes up for it by adding an additional mode that's completely different to the main game. You have a choice between a standard arcade version and original mode, where you have a whole new set of levels, a shop, and the ability to recruit and switch between a team of soldiers, each with their own unique weapon. This mode really adds a lot to the quality of our overall package, and on top of that, the arcade mode is a great port of the original. I can't remember where I saw this game for the first time, but I think it might have been in an Argos catalogue. Either way, the game didn't really grab my attention at the time, and the reviews I saw were very mixed. Some said it was great, others just good, another said it was mediocre, and one even said it was just plain bad. The review from Me Machine Sega was the most in-depth I read, and they were the ones who loved it, so I was willing to take their word for it. Again, it wasn't a game on top of my must-play list, but I was nonetheless prepared to try it if I ever came across a copy. And, back in 1995, I got the chance to borrow the game from a friend. I wasn't quite sure what to expect from it back then, but it wasn't long before I found myself enjoying the hell out of it, though I did find it quite hard. Whichever mode you pick, the basic objective is the same. Blast everything that moves, then do the same to everything that doesn't. Along the way you can find crates which contain items like new weapons, power-ups, health, and mega crash bombs. Basically a smart bomb you can use by pressing a B button. In original mode, you can also collect medals which can be used to buy items in the shop. The weapons themselves are nice and varied and range from your standard shots to a flamethrower, a grenade launcher and a spread shot. The flamethrower is the most fun, but I actually found the spread gun serving the best arcade mode. The original mode gives you two new weapons as well, a laser and homing missiles. The variety of these weapons, along with the sheer destruction they can cause, are what really makes this game as fun as it is. You can even steal a jeep or a tank at certain points and even command a gun turret. Like any good shooter, the game is quite tough even on the easy difficulty. Tanks prove to be the biggest threat throughout, and I found myself taking heavy damage often. The end of level bosses are also tough cookies. I particularly had trouble with the boss at the end of stage 5 of arcade mode. You only have one life and a few continues in arcade mode, while original mode gives you one life per soldier, though they can be brought back by using a certain item. Once the entire team is down, that's game over for you. It's very satisfying when you finally do beat it though. I managed to beat both modes after a considerable amount of time and I really enjoyed every minute of it. Sadly, my last attempt at trying to beat original mode a few years back ended in tears when the game somehow crashed in the middle of stage 6. Sega really did a fantastic job with their Capcom ports on the Mega Drive. Strider, Forgotten Worlds, Ghouls and Ghosts, all very impressive uh, ports of a machine. You can definitely add Mercs to that list as well. In fact, I'd say it's hands down my favourite of their ports. It's all down to the fact you get two great games for the price of one, and the fact that Arcade Mode itself is a great port to boot. It's a lot of fun to play and very challenging as well. If you ever feel the need to blow everything up, this is the mission for you. Memories of Sega 
Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge. It's the After Hours segment. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed everything that we had for you guys. We had the news, we had a review of Puyo Puyo Tetris, Memories of Sega by Winners You, just now with Mercs, and obviously our interview with uh, Papriums and Watermelon Games, Gwenal Godet, aka Fonzi. That was a great interview, some great music there that we played from, from the game. Uh, hopefully you guys are interested and will you know, check it out by going to the website we mentioned during the interview. Thank you so much for listening to this, the Seg Lounge. We'll be back next week with yet another interview and more great stuff for you guys to listen to. Don't forget to check out Megavisions issue number 3 which is out now. This was obviously our tie-in with that issue of the magazine but that, there's lots of great content in there as well for you to enjoy and you can get it on your smartphone or tablet or PC. It's really uh, not that expensive and it's a very good magazine with great content for Sega and Atlas fans. Uh, also, f- uh, don't forget to check out radiose.ga slash shows, radiose.ga slash shows for our full lineup of live shows. Next one being Topical Resort with Viper tomorrow at 7pm UK time or Western Europe time. Uh, and you know, you can find the correct times for your time zone if you go to radiose.ga slash shows. We'll be back next week with more. Don't forget to check out all of our other live shows. Don't forget to keep listening to Radio Sega because we play the best Sega music 24-7. I've been KC and I will leave you with yet another track from Puyo Puyo Tetris which is out, is amazing and you should check out. Bye-bye!
Enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.